be thankful for. I haven't got a great big yacht to sail from shore to shore. Still, I've got plenty to be thankful for. I've got plenty to be thankful for. Welcome back to the Grave Plot Podcast, a member of the Pod Gods Network. That's podgodsnetwork.com. Yep. Uh, you have found your way back to another very special episode. This is our Thanksgiving episode. Gobble, gobble, motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. As always, I am Skeleton. And as sometimes, I am Taylor of Terror. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, this is our Thanksgiving special. This is going to be much longer than the one last year. <laughs> yeah, the one last year was like half an hour. Right. Um, so, buckle in and prepare. Uh, how's it going, Taylor? Going well. Mm-hmm. I was watching Walking Dead when you got here. Yeah. I know you're a little behind, so you stuck your fingers in your ears and said la 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 la. Yep, I did. Um, what else? What's new with you? Uh, not a lot. While we're on the subject of Walking Dead, I'm going to go ahead and put this out there. Uh, Walking Dead social network, stop fucking posting spoilers. Yeah. Um, I knew the like a day or two after what happened in the episode. And, you know, in, in the days of DVR and you know, things of that nature, you know, online streaming, people don't actually watch the show when it's live anymore. It's like, what the fuck are you thinking? Well, the worst part was, like, us being here on the West Coast, it airs three hours later than it does on the East Coast. And last weekend, they posted about the the episode before it had aired on the West Coast. (laughs) Idiots. So, yeah, you're going to lose followers pretty soon because I'm sick of seeing it. Right. So, yeah, that's my tangent for this episode. All right. Brought to you by the Grave Plot Podcast. <laughs> Hashtag uh, kids these days. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's just jump into horror business, I guess. We probably should since we got a fucking load of it. We do. You said load. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Start off with, we talked to you before about uh, the Evil Dead TV show, right? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Um, And, you know, when we talked about it, I think I had a position. It was like, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. I I think most people did. Yeah, because Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell especially have a habit of kind of blowing smoke up our asses. They love to bullshit. Yeah. Um, Still waiting on Evil Dead 4. Right. Or Army of Darkness 2, or whatever it is. Yeah. Maybe this will kind of springboard it a little bit. But, um... Or maybe this is it. M- maybe. Uh, we've got some some pretty crucial details about the show, which leads me to believe that it's actually going to happen. Um, the show is going to be called Ash versus the Evil Dead. Is it the Evil Dead, or is it just Evil Dead? I believe it's just... Ash versus Evil Dead, which doesn't make any sense. It should be the Evil Dead. One would think, but but we're arguing semantics here. Yeah, Nit- you're nitpicking. Fuck semantics. Um, Sam Raimi is going to uh, be the executive producer as well as write and direct the pilot. Um, don't know what his creative involvement beyond that will be. Um, I imagine he'll probably have some say in most of the episodes, if not all of them. 
But I think the most important part about this is it's going to be starring Bruce Campbell. Hey, I've heard of him. Hey. Uh, as you all well know, he played Ash in the original series. So, And um, he will reprise that role in this. Could you imagine if it was like, it's going to start Bruce Campbell as Danny. <laughs> um, it's going to be on Stars. so any of you that don't have cable are kind of fucked. I just fucking bootleg it online. Yeah. I'm tired of pretending like I don't do that. <laughs> I think a lot of the country does, especially people in our age bracket, because who's going to fucking pay for cable? Cable companies need to get their heads out of their asses and wake up and realize that the times are changing People are cutting the cable cords and just jacking up the prices is not going to make it better. No. It's like maybe your executives need to take a little bit of a pay cut. Yeah, I keep hearing about like, you know, oh, contact your cable company or AMC is not going to be on it anymore. You're like, oh, well, well, I'll watch it online then. Well, that's that's actually Dish and that's actually AMC. I, I, I side with Dish on that I, or DirecTV or whoever it is. Fuck them both. Yeah, well, yeah, fuck them both. But I mean... As far as that, how that breaks down, what AMC is, the company that owns AMC is forcing Dish or DirecTV or whoever it is to buy a channel package and then charge all, you know, that cost immediately goes back to the customers, obviously. And to, I think it's DirecTV, to their credit, they're saying, fuck that. We want one channel. We don't want these five channels that nobody is going to, either watch or want to pay for and yeah and so uh, but i mean you've seen the commercials on walking dead and shit it's like you want to continue to watch the walking dead then tell your cable provider to suck, suck a, a dick, dick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway back to this um we'll be on stars uh they're gonna be 10 half hour episodes uh, I wish they were at least an hour. I mean, if there's only going to be ten of them. Yeah, I think an hour w- would be better, but I don't know. Yeah, kind of half-assing it there, I think. No, keep you wanting. Yeah. Um, it's going to start in 2015. We don't really know specifically when. Sometime between January 1st and December 31st. Mm, mm, mm. Somewhere in that window. Right. Uh, we don't know where they are as far as production. Uh, it kind of seems like they're just doing pre-production right now. Um, but Bruce Campbell, as I said, will be reprising his old role as Ash, the stock boy, aging Lothario, and chainsawed hand-handed monster hunter who has spent the last 30 years avoiding responsibility, maturity, and the terrors of the evil dead. When the deadite plague threatens the, to destroy all of mankind, Ash is forced to face his demons personal and literal uh destiny as it turns out has no plans to release the unlikely hero from its evil grip so it kind of from its evil grip uh yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um so you know it kind of sounds a little like the role he would have played in freddy versus jason versus ash yeah, a little bit. So, I I kind of see this as a way as Sam Raimi getting all the money for that, <laughs> rather than having to split it with, you know, New Line Cinema and Paramount and all them. This way, he he gets all the delicious money. It's mine. Give it to me. Give me the money. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's there's probably something to that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm just going to say it. I think Sam Raimi's kind of an asshole now. <laughs> I love his work, except for Spider-Man 3. Um, but he's kind of turned into a little bit of a dick. Uh, so, I said it. It's out there. Um, Bruce Campbell was quoted as saying, I'm really excited to bring the series for, to to the Evil Dead fans worldwide. It's going to be everything they've been clamoring for. Serious Deadite, ass-kicking, and plenty of outrageous humor. Um, Ra- uh, Sam Raimi said, Evil Dead has always been a blast. Bruce, Rob, and I are thrilled to have the opportunity to tell the next chapter in Ash's lame but heroic saga. With his chainsaw arm and boomstick, Ash is back to kick some monster butt, and brother, is this, this time there is a truckload of it. <clears throat> Who's Rob? Um... I can't remember his last name. I think he's like Sam Raimi's like business partner, basically. Oh, okay. Um, <clears throat> but he was involved in, I'm pretty sure, all Evil Dead related things. So. Oh, okay. So there's that. Um, thoughts? I'm for it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> that very in-depth introspective. Um. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about this. Uh, as I said before, I wish it was there were our episodes. Or I'm wondering if, uh, if Campbell's gonna lose that gut he had when he was Sam Axe. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> um, I mean, he's he's getting up there in age. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's got to be in his late fifties, I think, if not early sixties. No, I don't think he's that old. But. Yeah, in his fifties at least. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that that kind of physique. Just, you know, getting svelte. That doesn't come naturally to people his age, so. Um, You know, they keep saying that using his chainsaw arm, are they just, like, retconning what happened in Army of Darkness? With the mechanical hand? Yeah. Uh, Maybe he's just going to take that off and go back to the... Swap it out. Yeah. Maybe he's going to have, like, interchangeable pieces that he can... (laughs) Uh, That could be. Um Anyway, so we'll keep an eye on this and tell you when we hear more. Um, but as of right now, no idea when this is actually starting. You have to assume if they're in pre-production now, we might be seeing it sometime this this time next year. Sure. I would think. Yeah. All right, move on. You can't start a fire. You can't start a fire without a spark. This gun's for so on a somewhat related note, uh, Ghost House Pictures, which is the production company behind Evil Dead, mm-hmm. owned and operated by Sam Raimi, in conjunction with Fede Alvarez and Rodo Sayugues, who you may know as the writers, and in Alvarez's case, the director of the remake of Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. Not the Evil Dead, just Evil Dead. Right. See, there's a difference. Uh, there is. One has Ash and one doesn't. Right. And the. Right. And one has blood rain. Right. And some kind of weird hermaphrodite thing. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, those folks are teaming up once again for a new movie called A Man in the Dark. This has recently been acquired by Sony. And uh, Sony Pictures Worldwide Acquisitions President Stephen Birch 
said, We're thrilled to be in business again with the creative team behind Evil Dead and to back Fide on his next picture. He and Roto have crafted a screenplay that keeps you on the edge of your seat, and we look forward to bringing the movie to audiences worldwide. Mm-hmm. Tony, why don't you tell us the synopsis of A Man in the Dark? <clears throat> in A Man in the Dark, three teens who get away with perfectly planned homed robberies have set their sights on one last payout that will get them a... Cr- out of crime forever. Their target, a reclusive blind man in a million dollar hi- with a million dollars in hiding. When they break into his home, the tables are turned, and they find themselves fighting for survival against a psychopath who's with secrets of his own. So that sounds like the collector a little bit, a bit saw a little bit. Yeah. These, these these secrets of his own, I'm picturing as like traps. I could be way off. I don't know, but that's the f- first visual that comes to my mind. Yeah. I'm... And then other than that, it just sounds like most home invasion movies. Right. But, I mean, it's like like you said, like um, The Collector. It kind of takes the home invasion and kind of flips it a little right. bit. Right. <clears throat> um, I don't know. What do you, What do you think? I'm not... Like the the premise doesn't excite me a yeah. lot, which but, is I interesting mean, I, because you are the home invasion guy of the two of us. I I do like some home invasion movies. Um, I'm not going to say like just as a rule I like all of them, but um, but I don't know. I liked Evil Dead, so I'm, I'm willing to give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if, I'm just hoping it's not like they break in and then all this crazy stuff goes on in the house and then they leave and it starts raining blood. <laughs> just for no reason yeah uh, f- f- I mean Alvarez has obviously proven himself to be a capable director so I don't know I guess I don't I don't know if he's done enough for him to just kind of earn my faith you know yeah it's like oh yeah him he'll do a good job um, but at the same time he hasn't really done anything where you're like no fuck that yeah <laughs> So we'll see, I guess. Uh, we will see. Only one thing left to do now. See. Uh, this is already made. Yeah, Sony correct? just acquired it. Right. Which, Sam Raimi and Sony, I mean, they're like BFFs. But fucking friends. <laughs> right. Uh, so that's no shock. Anyway. I I just googled a man in the dark release date and I got April 9th, 1953. I don't think that's it. Probably not. Wait, so is this a remake? Is it? No. No. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> the 1953 version has a completely different storyline. Okay. Um so yeah, I don't see a release date for this, so someday. Okay. We've mentioned before uh, this rebooted Universal Monsters universe thing. (sighs) I really wish I would stop hearing more about this because it just turns into more of a disaster. It just gets worse and worse. Um, To start off with, 
I want to mention that it has been revealed that none <laughs> of the Universal Monster mo- reboots uh, will be horror movies. What? Mm. Why? Yeah. Uh, Universal executive Donna Langley said, We tried over the years to make monster movies. Unsuccessfully, actually. What? What? <laughs> so we took a good, hard look at it, and we settled upon an idea, which is to take out the horror of the genre, or take out... Damn it. Take it out of the horror genre, put it more in the action-adventure genre, and make it present day, bringing these incredibly rich and complex characters into present day and reimagine them and reintroduce them into a contemporary audience. Okay, two things. (laughs) First off, the Universal Monsters are far and away and undisputedly the most iconic horror monsters in the fucking world. So in what world can you say that they're unsuccessful? How? How? (laughs) I I don't know. And And second, the Universal Monsters are the most iconic horror movie monsters in the fucking universe. Why would you take them out of the horror genre? I don't... (laughs) This may be the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. uh, You know, she said that that they've made monster movies unsuccessfully did they not think that maybe they should just stop making shitty movies Uh, clearly not I mean if you're making a shitty movie it's gonna be bad no matter what genre it is fact Uh, so I mean if you try to rehash the same fucking shit uh into into an action movie rather than a horror, it's still going to suck because there are such things as bad action movies as well. And I think, honestly, they're taking a cue from the Mummy movies because those were more action-oriented and they were pretty successful, I think, except save for the third one. Yeah. Um, and... I don't know. Just their incapability to make a good horror movie shouldn't be shouldn't affect these, as you said, like iconic horror figures, like the original horror figures. Thing is, though, to them, unsuccessful does not mean bad. It means it didn't make a lot of money, right? Like, take the Wolfman from 2010. That is not a bad movie. No, it it was critically panned. Mm-hmm. And it it did terribly at the box office. But go to a genre site. Go to Bloody Disgusting. Go to Dread Central. Go to Shock Till You Drop. They all rave about that movie. Mm -hmm. Because it's not a mass appeal movie. It's a movie for horror fans. Yeah. You know, I think there's a article. I think I actually saw it on a couple different sites. Um, And I forget who wrote it. And I forget exactly what site I read it on. But this person was basically describing why The Wolfman wasn't a bad movie. And um, I guess there was just a bunch of, like, production issues. Like, um, which I I think ultimately stemmed from Universal. Uh, Basically not letting the director do their thing. Um, 
making these like cutting out scenes that were important to make the like have the story make sense. Yeah, I haven't seen the director's cut, but I've heard that it is worlds better. Yeah, um, and the thing is, is like th- this article I was reading, it describes how movies like Dracula and Frankenstein they're based on these not gothic horror novels as to where the wolfman was an invention right created by universal um and so it doesn't have this luxurious backstory like those you know dracula and frankenstein both do but without a doubt those three monsters are universal's most iconic yeah like by far and away so to basically discredit the Wolfman for not having a following like those two would, it's it's insulting a little bit. And and for them, the 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 remake it took a goofy, almost laughable movie like the original Wolfman and made it along the lines of Dracula and Frankenstein, made it like a gothic horror with a like an in-depth backstory um and just it, it turned it into a comparable story to to match with those other icons and so to say it was a shitty movie that's just not fair at all <laughs> well apparently that's what they're doing because they're remaking it again right uh i think it was last episode we talked about uh the the mystery project in yeah. 2017 and it's it's not official that that's going to be wolfman but it it probably is could be yeah i think talked about how there was speculation that it could have been van helsing but right but i mean considering this has now been announced like it doesn't have a release date but more than likely it's going to fall into that spot since mm-hmm. this is the next one yeah um, it's being written by Aaron Guzikowski, who is a writer on Prisoners, which I don't know. Is that? Okay. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Me either. Um, but apparently he's good from what I've heard. Mm-hmm. But still, this this is going to be awful. Yeah. there's This doesn't have a chance of being good. You like, know, it, I, I'm just trying to picture an action-adventure wolfman and there's nothing about it that isn't completely laughable. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, I mean, you know, they said they've tried to make monster movies unsuccessfully. Um, and now they're trying to remove the horror element and make it more action-adventure. Take a look at a movie like Van Helsing with Hugh Jackman. No. <laughs> a universal production that was critically and financially just a complete bust nobody liked that movie <laughs> no it's terrible it is god awful um and so that was their foray into making a monster movie into or you know a, a horror monster movie into an action adventure movie so that's what we have to look forward to folks and then what about i frankenstein I haven't seen it, but I've heard it's just really bad. Same here. And same goes for Dracula Untold, which is, was apparently the, like, jumping off point for all this. That, that's a little bit disappointing to me because it looked like it might have been cool. Yeah. 
but but I mean, even when we first discussed it, we talked about how it looked like three hundred in the first half, and then and then he turned into a vampire halfway through when he met with Markula. Markula. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the, and apparently, from what I hear, there's there's like a stinger or whatever at the end where he that brings it into modern day. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, I don't think it's him going to the mummy and saying we should team up. <laughs> Uh, it's actually it, Van Helsing coming to both of them, being like, I'm starting the Universal Monsters Project. <laughs> Did you really think you were the only monster in the world? And he's played by Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> because that fucking guy is in everything. Oh, shit. Uh, I, 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 I can't do this anymore. <laughs> this is my nightmare! <laughs> Fuck you, Universal. I have put a spell on you, and now you're gone. My hand fell on you, and it was strong, so strong, so strong. You're richer than alive. So, a while back, we discussed Hocus Pocus 2. Briefly. Uh, there was rumors that it was finally moving ahead. Names like Tina Fey and Melissa McCarthy had been thrown out. <laughs> Um, well, it sounds like now Bette Midler wants to be involved. She recently did a AMA on Reddit and was asked about it. And she said, inundate the Disney company because I have canvassed the girls and they are willing to do it. But we have no say in it. So if you want a Hocus Pocus 2, ask the Walt Disney Company. You have been so adorable. This has been most enlightening. Sisters. Well, you gotta say it, say it like her. I don't know how she says it. How does she say it? Sisters! <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, she's saying inundate the Disney company when apparently they're already moving forward with the sequel. Right. Um, and this is the first time her name's been attached to it. <laughs> I don't, I don't think she's even necessarily attached to it. Well, right. But I mean, first time her name's been mentioned other than I wonder if Bette Midler will be in it. I wonder if this would be any good. Probably not. Yeah. Um, because I mean, similar to the disaster that Universal's turning the Universal Monsters into, Disney has really gone downhill. <laughs> Which is encouraging for Star Wars. Right. Um, uh, I don't know. Um, plus, I mean, they're all a lot older. But, I mean, also, you know, Sarah Jessica Parker, she's looks like a foot. Um, as to where she was mildly attractive in Hocus Pocus. And Kathy Najimi, she, she's lost tons of weight, so she's not like big, fat, bumbling oaf anymore. So I don't know how that's going to work. Hmm. Yeah, I know at one point there was a rumor that Tina Fey was actually producing it, um, but apparently she is producing a different witch project for Disney. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, you know. Disney is just this giant conglomerate. Like, it seems like they've got a hand in fucking everything. But I feel like they're trying to juggle too much at once. I mean, they got Marvel, they've got um, Star, Star Wars. Wars or you know Lucas Films, um, and then they've got I think they got their uh, Pixar division. And it's just, 
like it's too much. I think they're just spreading themselves too thin. Yeah. Kind of wearing out their welcome a little bit. <laughs> um, anyway. So I know females in our age bracket would be pretty excited about this. Yep. I know at least one of them. I know the other one. Yep, only those two in the whole world. Eh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck. Anyway, so, yeah, if you want to see this, write a letter to Disney. Say, hey, Walt. Sure. <laughs> Walt Disney's head, care of Disneyland. <laughs> Anaheim, California. All right. Cryogenic division. something I don't really care about at all. Okay. <laughs> uh, Conjuring 2. Did you, you didn't like the first one? No. I still haven't seen it. I just, like, I've been meaning to, but other th- movies keep popping up that I want to watch before, and then I, I just forget. Yeah, uh, I was kind of like that uh, in that I wanted to see pretty much anything but this, or but the original. I've heard good things. I don't know. I didn't like it. I mean, it's it's another movie about the, the fucking fake-ass Amityville people. Right. What's their names? I don't know. Ed something. Ed, oh, Ed and Lorraine Warren. Yeah, them. Uh, no, I, I didn't like the original. I thought it was stupid and drawn out. And then fucking Annabelle, really? Annabelle, I don't want to see. No. I, my wife was watching it the other day, and I just kind of like... You, you hit her? Yeah, I hit her. No! I didn't know what that hand motion was. It was just like waving her away. I just like, slapped her around. Go away, watch that somewhere else. Go away, kid, you bother me. <laughs> um, no, uh, it's going to be released on June 10th, 2016. Yeah, sequel, delve back into the case files of paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren. Once again, written by James Wan. Written and directed, sorry. I don't know. I haven't seen the first one, so I can't really have an opinion on this. Yeah, I mean, I can I can imagine you could probably tell by my d- disdain of the first one that I have no interest whatsoever in this. Uh, With, well, one thing about this that's kind of a story is that James Wan said he was done with horror. Clearly, he was full of shit. <laughs> well, yeah. he Because he was going to go do, you know, Fast and the Furious 17 or whatever they're on now. Yeah. <clears throat> but and, then Paul uh, Walker died. Well, no, they're still going to make more Fast and Furious movies. Probably going to have, like, Buster Rhymes in it or something. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but no, more than likely... Uh, who puts this out? Universal? Uh, I think so, yeah. They probably wrote him a big check. Oh, yeah. No doubt. And he went, okay. <laughs> <clears throat> so if you give a shit, June 10th, 2016. If you don't, then, then you'll find something else to do that day. Yeah. <laughs> Tiptoe through the window, through the window, that's where I'll become tiptoe. 
franchise that was started by James Wan is Insidious. And as we all know, Insidious 3 is coming out next year. Although this one does not have James Wan, it's being written and directed by Lee wan And its release date has been moved again. It is now going to come out June 5th, 2015. It will be a prequel set before The Haunting of the Lambert Family. And it will reveal how gifted psychic Elise Rainier... <laughs> reluctantly agrees to use her ability to contact the dead in order to help a teenage girl who has been targeted by a dangerous supernatural entity. I don't care about this either. I don't either. <laughs> like, I'm one of the few people that didn't like the first one. I didn't hate it. I wasn't over the moon about it. I, I didn't like anything about it. Yeah. Like, the first half is kind of creepy, Although I hate the monster. Darth um, Maul? Yeah, exactly. And then the second half is when they go into the fucking little monster's land. <laughs> and it's just so stupid and cheesy. Yeah. But not in a fun way like little monsters. Right. I'd rather just watch little monsters. We should watch for Little Monsters. We should do a drunken cinema to Little Monsters. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, June 5th, 2015. Did you say that already? I did. Okay. That's it. We won't be seeing it. Maybe when it comes out somewhere where I can watch it for free. I don't know. Part 2 has been on Netflix for like a year and I still haven't watched it. So I haven't either. <laughs> so there you go. It's not because I don't want to. It's just... For me, it is, because I don't want to. Okay, well, there, there are other things I'd rather watch. Yeah, fuck it. You may be familiar with the video game Splatterhouse. A series uh, of video games. Three of them. Three of them? Yep. How did I not know that? I don't know. The originals? Yep. I'll be damned. You will be damned. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. No, I take that back. I knew. I knew. Sure you did. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell them that I didn't. <laughs> no. I No, I, I, I knew of them. I'm obviously not as familiar with them. Um... But the concept is you're basically Jason. <laughs> well, you're possessed. Yeah, you're you're um, uh, uh, a guy named Rick, who him and his girlfriend come across a haunted mansion, and uh, his girlfriend gets kidnapped, and this mask tells him that he can that the mask can give him the power and the ability to find his girlfriend. So he puts on the mask, it turns him into this behemoth. Yeah, basically. Um, and you know, in the originals, he just he looks like Jason. Pretty much, yeah. Because <laughs> the mask looks very similar to a hockey mask. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, that's what Spider House is about. Like I said, I'm not familiar with 2 and 3, 
So I don't know where it continues from there. But um, uh, if I remember correctly, the second one, it, it's like a few years later, and the the mask finds Rick, and um, I think Jennifer is dead. Oh, and the mask tells him that like she's not really dead or she could be saved or something like that but he has to go back to the house and mm. do it all over again so it's just a rehash basically <laughs> it's funny how like video games back then they could just take the same game redress it a little bit and people would buy it <laughs> yeah anyway um, then it was actually remade a handful of years ago yeah for I think Xbox and Playstation Oh, was it both? Yeah. Uh, I really wanted to play it, but I heard not so great things. I looked at the back of the box when I was at, like, GameStop, and it was it looks utterly ridiculous. I heard it's, like, over-the-top violent. Yeah. <laughs> Which is right up my alley. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I, I heard that it wasn't all that great and nothing you should rush into playing. Yeah, it didn't get a whole lot of very good reviews. Yeah. Yeah, I was basically just waiting till I could pick it up at GameStop for like ten bucks, which I might be able to now. I don't know. I should check. Anyway, um, but Splatterhouse is being developed into a movie. Um, it's being made by Gareth Morgan. What? <laughs> <laughs> In what context? He is the one trying to get financing. Uh oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. It's a crowd sourced one right correct okay crowdsourced movie um and in this uh splatterhouse um okay it's titled splatterhouse jennifer smells of rot terrible name <laughs> it's that's not good um it follows the story of wait before you start before you get too deep into that three months have gone by since the events of the first game the terror mask which has reformed after breaking at the climax of the first game appears to rick spoilers appears to rick and repeatedly tempts him to go back to the house telling him that jennifer doesn't have to die it closes by telling rick you need me rick succeeds in rescuing jennifer and the house sinks into the bottom of the river so yeah part two sounds like it's basically just a rehash okay <laughs> uh okay Splatterhouse, Jennifer Smells of Rot, follows the story of the hit video game franchise Splatterhouse. Set between the first and second game, the film tells the story of Jennifer Willis, who is Rick's girlfriend, of course. Rick failed to save her and has been institutionalized for his mad ramblings of a mansion full of demons, a mask of immense power, and also accused of the murder of Jennifer. I don't know how you can be accused of murder if they never found a body. Habeas corpus. I'm going to put the system on trial. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, the terror mask finds Jennifer in hell and poses to her the question, can you save yourself? Jennifer dons the terror mask and attempts to escape from hell and West Mansion while trying not to lose herself to the power and temptation of the mask. So Here's wonder- my question. Okay. Why make a movie set in between the first and second games? Why not just make the first game into a movie which could be badass yeah yeah uh, I don't know I don't understand why you have to like invent new canon when the original canon hasn't been uh, altered well I was gonna say adapted yeah. into yeah. this medium 
Uh, yeah, I don't know. And why would you make the hero Jennifer and not Rick? Uh, I don't know. Just to change it up, I guess. I mean, because it basically sounds like, from what you described of the second game, it sounds like it has... It sounds like this is basically the second game, except that Jennifer's trying to save herself instead of Rick saving her. I mean, that's the impression I got. Am I wrong? Well, I mean, I'm going to guess, based on the uh, story of the second game, that she doesn't succeed. True. Maybe, like, maybe she saves herself from hell, but it gets stuck in the mansion. Could be. I, Whatever. Uh, I just feel like adapting the, the game would, would be a better choice here. Yeah. Um, I wonder... What happens to Jennifer when she wears the mask? There, There is a trailer. Is there? Yeah. Oh, I'll be damned. Let's go watch that. Uh, did you see the website on here? I did. Okay. There, there's a website um, where you can donate. They, Their Indiegogo campaign ended, but they are still taking donations, which you can uh, make at bit.ly slash splatfilm with a capital S. Oh, she's just wearing a hockey mask. It's it well it, the trailer was made for nothing literally nothing. Ugh. Doesn't mean that's what it'll be in in the movie. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna need it to be a lot better than that for me to be interested. Because <laughs> yeah, I mean like at this point she's just wearing a Jason mask, right? Which would be fine if this was an eight bit game. <laughs> but I mean, if you compare it to the terror mask from the remake. It looks more like a skull, almost. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd like to see, like, a really badass original-looking mask. Yeah. Or I wouldn't be opposed to them just making the, the terror mask from the ma- remake. Well, yeah. Because that looked cool. I mean, that's something you haven't seen in movies before. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, this is going to star Gareth Morgan as Rick. Jade Lewis as Jennifer Willis and Stephen Brown as Dr. Henry West. Alright, I don't know any of those people. I don't either. And it appears that Gareth Morgan is a Brit, so one would think this would be a British production. One would think. I just always imagine Rick is an American. Yeah, but that's just because we're American, probably. I suppose. They never really do specify where where it takes place. True. I don't know. Whatever. Um, I don't know. This could be fun, uh, provided they change some things up. Yeah. But Jennifer's got them boobies, <laughs> so that's a good start. Yeah, she's in just like a bikini in the trailer. I don't know what that's about because when what you would in terms of like the game, what you can. To her, like the gameplay, she looks like she's wearing like a nightgown or something. Yeah. So I don't know. Whatever. Like um, I said, if you want more info or if you want to donate, go to bit.ly/splatfilm with a capital S. Yeah, and we'll put those in the show notes too. Won't you, Taylor? Yes, I will remember this time. <laughs> Psycho killer. Run, run, run.
last episode, right? Yeah. We mentioned a slasher game. Summer Camp. Summer Camp. Thank you. <laughs> um, which looked like it would be pretty sweet. It looked pretty good. Yeah. Um, and just showing more love to the slasher genre in the video game world, we've got another one that's uh, actually being uh, kickstarted. Well, not yet, but they're working on it. The game's called Last Year. Uh, it's going to be a PC-only game, which... Womp, womp, womp. Yeah. But, I mean, i got to imagine that's a lot cheaper to produce than to... Oh, I'm sure. ...have deals with Microsoft and Sony and, you know, that bullshit. <laughs> but, I mean, there, there's a lot of people that don't play PC games, myself included. Right, I was just going to say, both both of us, neither of us will get to play this. Yeah. I mean, I could, you know, I, I've got a computer, and this is a bit of a sidetrack here, but I've got a computer, and I, I bought it off a guy several years ago. Um, who actually built it himself to be a gaming computer. I bought it simply just because it had a good processor and graphics so I could do Photoshop on it. Um, but it's a pretty legit game computer almost 10 years ago. <laughs> so it's like, I'm sure there are elements about it that I could still use, but in order to play probably a game like this or any of the new games coming out nowadays, I'd probably have to upgrade everything. Yeah. Video card, sound card, yeah, all that. Um, and I just that, you know, the only reason I would do that was to save on money um, from buying a PlayStation Four, for example. Because mm-hmm. um, you know, most of those games, if not all of them, do come out on PC eventually. Um, so that's something I considered, but I would probably end up spending about as much on upgrades for my computer. As I would on a new PlayStation. Probably, if not more. Yeah. So, fuck that. (laughs) Anyway, back on track here. Um, This is going to be a five versus one multiplayer survival game. Um, One player plays as the killer, and the four or five others play as the camp counselors. Or, I guess this actually has two different locales. One. Well, I think it has more than two, just these are the two that they listed. Right. Okay. So one of them includes Camp Crystal Lake and Eastside High. What is Eastside High? I don't know. I was it, hoping you did. In the article, it says familiar places such as Camp Crystal Lake and Eastside High. And I was like, what the hell is Eastside High? Oh, you fucked this up, you asshole. It's supposed to, it says explore familiar territory based on classic horror movie, based on classic horror movie locations, including Camp Silver Lake and Eastside High. Oh, well, that is not the article I read. <laughs> you let read a very poorly written article, then. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> anyway, so I, I don't know. Eastside High might be based on Springwood High. Maybe. Possibly, yeah. Um, although I don't know that a lot of Nightmare on Elm Street really took place. Or like, I mean, there were scenes at... Right. Um, the body bag scene. Right. But I wouldn't call that like a location. True. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe somewhere else. I, I don't know. I can't think of top of, off the top of my head of a slasher movie that takes place at a high school. Yeah, me neither. Right. Whatever. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, we'll throw this link up in the notes, too. But it is uh, it is on Kickstarter right now. Right. 
as of recording, they have earned $5,474 Canadian of their $50,000 goal. Right. Um, it looks like you got some pretty archetype characters here. I mean, as you would probably expect, you got kind of the the skanky girl, the jock, the nerd, the kind of nerdy, innocent girl, and then the, <laughs> the token, token black guy. guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> look! Look at the jock's name. Yeah. <laughs> The Jock Chad. All right. <laughs> Perfect. Maybe we should see about getting this guy on the show. Chad? Yeah, Chad. <laughs> no, the guy trying to get the game made. James Matthew Waring. James Matthew Waring, if you're listening, please email us, contact at graveplotpodcast.com. Yep. Um, aside from that, you got some pretty standard weapons here that you can use. Uh, chainsaw, machete, axe, and a bat with a giant fucking spike through it. <laughs> uh, it it looks like it could be pretty fun. And there's actually five different killers, too. That right. You, that you can choose from. One looks pretty much exactly like Jason. Um, oh, every slasher's Jason. I'm Tony. He looks like Jason. The first one, A. Yeah. I guess kind of. He looks like he's got, like, a Casey Jones mask that's, like, broken in half. Yeah. And he has a machete. And then there's a guy. Machete Coletti. And then there's a guy who looks like he's got, like, bandages on his face. And he's dressed in, like, a ski vest and a ski hat. He's got a chainsaw. Yeah, I mean, look, like, I guess if you want to relate these to, like, real world. Or not real world, but actual known slashers. You've got, basically, like, Jason... Leatherface. Uh, looks like maybe the... Victor Crowley. Oh, I was just going to say the hillbillies from Hills Have Eyes. Nah, Victor Crowley, man. All right. Look, he's got that slash across his face. Okay. Okay, man. Calm down. Victor Crowley with a harpoon gun. And then maybe the guy from My Bloody Valentine. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I don't know about this last guy. It's some kind of spaceman. He does look like a spaceman. With a harpoon gun. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So... Yeah, check out the show notes uh, and kick down some uh, some cash if you if you want to see this get made. I think I'll probably put some down. I'd like to see this. And it seems that if you donate ten dollars or more, you actually get a free copy of the game. So nice. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, go check that out. Cracking my can of surge that isn't like ten years old. <laughs> that's right, folks. Surge is back. Check Amazon. Don't buy the twelve pack that's like fifty dollars because that's just some jackass reselling it. Great podcast brought to you by Surge. <laughs> Feel the rush. Is that their slogan? No. <laughs> that's my slogan for them. Can I go on now? Yeah, would you please? <laughs> I'm trying to fill dead air here. <laughs> uh, last year, you may remember, we, we broke our interview cherry 
with a gentleman by the name of Eric England. He was very gentle. Uh, he was the writer and director of the movie Contracted. He told he told us he loved us. <laughs> <laughs> he has a new movie coming out <laughs> called Get the Girl. Get the Girl is a dark comedy. Uh, he, although he did say that it's still in the genre, and he of course compared it to Scream, because mm-hmm. that's his favorite movie. It is currently filming. It revolves around a wealthy young man who is conned into staging a fake kidnapping in order to be a hero and win the affection of a girl, only to see one of the hired kidnappers accidentally killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I said, this is written and written and directed by Eric England, based on a story by Graham Denham, and it stars um, Landry Hebert, Addie Shankar, uh, Elizabeth Wilson, all of which I don't know who they are. Um, Justin Dobies, who I guess is from Dear White People, which sounds like a very racist movie. <laughs> um, Noah Segan, who is in Dead Girl and Cabin Fever 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scout Taylor Compton, who was in Rob Zombie's Halloween movies. And Jerry Perpdrank. <laughs> Perpdrank. Not sure who he is, but, I mean, I, he's got to be cool. I looked... <laughs> I looked him up. I think he's a comedian or something. Or, or like a rapper. Okay. I remember I Googled him once and he, I, he looked like he was internet famous or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I think he's... Yeah, like he's a YouTube star like or something. Something to that effect, yeah. So clearly Perp Drank is probably not his last name. <laughs> probably not. But we can't say for sure. No. I hope it is, <laughs> because that's awesome. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm interested to see the comedy elements in this. Yeah. Because it doesn't sound like a comedy. <laughs> or, you know, it, it, it's a dark comedy, but the theme definitely sounds more like a thriller. Right. Um so to see some comedy elements that would probably be interesting. I'm I'm kind of confused by the premise. Like, how does a guy get conned into stage, staging a fake kidnapping that would make him the hero? I don't know. I imagine it's probably all explained in the movie. Probably. Um, and you know, it's interesting that she was or uh, Scout Taylor Compton. Uh, was actually just recently cast. Yeah, she was one of the one of the last people cast, which is odd because you know you'd, you'd think a fairly well known actress would be kind of like a main star in the movie, and for her to have just been cast, it's like, I mean, like they were already shooting, so for them to still be casting in the middle of production—that's that's a little strange. That yeah. seems odd, but you know, what the fuck do I know? Nothing. I don't know anything. Not a goddamn thing. I'm pretty pretty dumb. Um, but that, yeah, if, if you follow Eric on Instagram, he posts a lot of pictures from the set. Yeah, a lot of production photos. And I, apparently, they they got pulled over during one of the kidnapping scenes <laughs> because the cops thought they were actually kidnapping someone. Right. Speaking of which, have you seen the trouble that Jessica Cameron is having? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Off topic here, but uh, our, our friend of the show, Jessica Cameron is filming a new movie and they had 
one problem where there, there were cops in the background of a scene busting kids for smoking pot. And then somebody called the cops because they saw Tristan Risk wearing a short, sparkly dress and for some reason assumed they were filming a pornography movie. Ah, <laughs> <clears throat> uh, yeah. So. Um, Joys of filmmaking. Right. So yeah, follow Eric on Instagram if, if you want to get a look at some behind-the-scenes photos. I think it's Eric England 33 if I remember correctly. Is it? I thought it was just at Eric underscore England. That's his Twitter. Oh, what are you talking about? Instagram. Oh, Instagram. I don't really use Instagram anymore. I think it's Eric England 33. But, ah. Or you can follow him on Twitter, Eric underscore England. You probably cross-post him there. Sure. Um, and Get the Girl comes out eventually and watch it. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't know this yet, but we're going to try and get him back on the show. <laughs> uh, hopefully to talk about this, uh, but we'll see. So, the USA Network has recently ordered a pilot for a Supernatural series. So they're jumping on the bandwagon a little bit. Yep. Uh, the series will be called Evil Men. It's uh, going to star Dallas Roberts from The Walking Dead. You probably know him as um, Milton Mamet. Yeah. Yeah. Milton. The, I know that. I know Milton's right. I don't remember his last name. But. Yeah, he was the scientist at um, Woodbury. Mm-hmm. Or was he an actual scientist? I don't even remember. I think he was just a doctor. Was he even a doctor? I think so. I know he is in the comic. Oh, okay. Well, I feel like I remember him not actually being any kind of physician. He just kind of stepped up. (laughs) It's possible. Uh, Anyway, and then uh, Clifton Collins Jr., uh, who you'd know from movies like Extract and Boondock Saints... Scott Pilgrim versus the world and uh, Boondock Saints 2 yes sorry um, he's just a goofy looking guy yeah I can't get a grip on what his heritage is yeah like he he plays a Mexican in Boondock Saints 2 mm-hmm. he plays a hillbilly in extract yeah so I I don't know <laughs> um, he uh, yeah so, yeah, in uh, Boondock Saints 2, he plays Romeo, the McManus brothers, little Mexican friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's probably my favorite role that I've seen him in. Yeah. He's pretty funny. He was he was one of the vegan police in Scott Pilgrim. Right. Um, yeah, I think Extract was the first thing I'd ever actually seen him in. I don't remember his name in that. Anyway. I don't know. He was the guy that got hit in the balls. Right. So it's going to be starting then. <laughs> uh, it uh, follows an upstanding middle-class family man, played by Dallas Roberts, whose life is turned upside down when he's approached by a frighteningly powerful entity and commanded to kill evil men or see his family, along with his city, utterly destroyed. However, the gleeful psycho, Collins, who was meant to be his first target, instead begins teaching him how to carry out his new destiny. So... This sounds like something, but I can't think of what. (laughs) 
the being commanded to kill evil men kind of reminds me of Frailty. That's what it was. Yeah. I don't like that movie. <laughs> I know you don't. <laughs> but I do. Um, it's Bill Paxton, man. <laughs> yeah, and Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right, all right. Isn't that wild? Um, this was the. It's written by Daniel Taplitz. Not sh- really familiar with him. Nope. Um, so far, USA has just ordered the pilot. Right. So we will have to wait and see if this ends up going to series. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, with the popularity of you know horror and supernatural shows nowadays, I have to imagine it'll at least get a chance. I I would think. I mean, the premise is interesting. Mm-hmm. It's I can't really think of anything else on TV that that is like that. Yeah, and I think uh, uh, Clifton Collins Jr. I think he'll probably play like a perfect murderous psycho. Yeah. Um, and then I could see Dallas Roberts too as like a um, reluctant, you know, killer. Yeah, definitely. So I mean, he just. He, Sounds like he basically just pays plays uh you know, John Milton. Q Everyman. Oh. <laughs> um It's pronounced Everyman. Everyman. <laughs> anyway, so we'll keep tabs on this. Um and as we hear more we will relay it on to you. So, several years ago, um, I mean like decades ago, (laughs) uh, Stephen King and Peter Straub wrote a book called The Talisman. Um, It was based on a young boy named Jack Sawyer, um, who recently moved to New England. When she falls ill, all things appear hopeless, that is, until Jack discovers the existence of a parallel world called The Territories, a land of magic, monsters, and mayhem. If Jack can complete a quest to recover a valuable prize in his otherworldly realm, he just might be able to save his mother's life back home. Um, Several years later, they actually wrote a follow-up called Black House, um, where it focused on Jack, who was obviously several years older, um, who actually grew up to become a LAPD homicide detective. Uh, He managed to repress the memories of his adventures along the way. Jack attempts to retire after a particularly tough murder investigation, only to find find that the killer has somehow followed him to his new home. As you might imagine, these events are all connected to the territories and soon force Jack to confront his past if he wants to ensure humanity's present. So, there's a third one coming along. Have you read these? No, I I have not read these, which is why I kind of wanted to get my dad in unless to get some insight. I wonder if we should try calling him. Go for it. Grave Plot Podcast first. Trying to get a caller on the line while recording. Okay, let's try and get him on the line. Make up your fucking mind. You call me or not? <laughs> uh, hey, Dad. Uh, you busy? Uh, kind of. Oh. What's going 
Well, shit, we're recording the show right now and wanted to get your insight on something. Oh. Uh, well, is it a quickie or is this, uh... I guess it kind of depends on you. It's uh, Stephen King related, so we wanted to see what you thought. Oh. Uh, oh, go ahead. Okay. I'd like to come over there. What's that? I said, go ahead, or is it something I had to do, like, face-to-face? Uh, no, you should probably be able to do it on the phone. I mean, just... You don't have to go in depth, just kind of give your opinion, I guess. Anyway, um, so basically what's happening is Stephen King and Peter Straub are writing a third talisman book. Did you hear about this? Yeah. Yeah? Uh, What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm here. I hear you. On them writing a third third, uh, talisman book? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's great. Why would I have any objection to that? I just, I didn't, that's one of the stories that we'd never really discussed between the two of us, so I wasn't really sure if you were a fan or not. Um, it's not his best work, but it's certainly a far cry from his worst work. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter Straub by himself is, uh, is, is pretty good, but he's very, very British. Sometimes is he? His stuff is, uh, is hard to read. <laughs> but uh, no, I thought their collaboration stuff was, uh, was pretty good. Cool. So uh, where do you, where would you like to see this third one going? I mean, again? Where, where would you like to see the third story kind of go, or do you have an opinion on that? Where do I see a third story go? You know, dude, I would have to go back and refresh my memory on the second one. Mm-hmm. Um, because um, I'm literally, I haven't, I haven't read those books for over 10 years. Okay. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, well you're I, just... yeah, I'm probably not the best guy to ask about that. Okay. Well, you're just our, our resident uh, Stephen King expert, so we thought you'd get, get your input on it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, w- I would say, uh, yeah, I'm very much in favor of it. It'll be good. Um, but where direction it would have to go, I'd have to do a little, uh, little recapping before I can answer that. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I guess that's right. that's about it. All right. Let All you right. get back to it. All right. Okay. Bye. All right. Catch you later. Bye. Bye. So, there's that. So that was my dad. You guys probably remember him from our Stephen King episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, didn't provide us with much. Not a lot, but <laughs> but we know he's in favor of the book, right? I mean, I I can't really speak much on these because I haven't read them myself, so I didn't know if it was, they were even worth you know adding a third one. But he seems to be in favor of it, and he's a pretty tough critic when it comes to most things. <laughs> Um, so yeah uh, okay so we don't actually have any kind of uh, you know synopsis or or story behind the new one um, yet but we do know that it's going they're going to start working on it next year uh, yeah King said he has an outline in his head mm-hmm. but he, he as far as uh, him and Straub working together he's said that He's told him about it, and Strava's on board, but that's as far as it's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I could be wrong about this, but I have it as Stephen King in my head that he's the one, or he's, like, the kind of author that he doesn't, like, he doesn't write out outlines, he doesn't storyboard or anything like that. He just writes, and that's what comes out. I mean, I imagine he edits afterwards, obviously, sure. but he doesn't, he's the kind of author, you know, similar to myself, where he doesn't draft things out first he just creates so and I again I could be wrong about that but I feel like that sticks he sticks out in my head as the one that does that alright anyway so um, 
No word yet on title or publisher, but I don't think finding a publisher will be a problem. No, I'm pretty sure that Stephen King goes through the same publisher most of the time, I think. And I mean, if not, then when he goes to sell it, he can be like, hey, I'm Stephen King. And they'll be like, okay, He's here's like, a check. <laughs> give me money. <laughs> anyway, so uh, as you heard from a Stephen King fan, uh, it's something to look forward to. So we will keep you informed. Stand in the place where you live. We talked before about the, the new version of The Stand. That is guaranteed to not be good. Guaranteed? I'm, I'm pretty certain. Based on the director? Yeah, and the lead actor. Well, the fact that he hired the guy, the kid that was in... It's being directed by, written and directed by Josh Boone, who did The Fault in Our Stars, which is a chick flick. And he hired the kid that was in The Fault in Our Stars uh, and created a role for him. So he's already taken liberties with the story, and that upsets me. <laughs> True. Um, but it sounds like, because originally the the book is enormous. It's very long. And the, the and original miniseries, hey the original miniseries was, what, six hours long? Uh, four, I think. I thought it was more than that. I think it's four. Well, originally it was said that this movie was going to be three hours. But now it looks like it's going to, in fact, be several movies. Four. Four, to be exact. And it looks like they're looking for some big names. Uh, Boone was quoted on the Hollywood Babylon podcast as saying, I really wanted to do an A-list actor, really grounded, credible version of the movie. I sold Warner Brothers on a single three-hour movie. So what happens is the script gets finished. I write it in like five months. Everybody loves it. Stephen King loves it. $87 million is what it was budgeted at. Really expensive for a horror drama that doesn't have set pieces. They came back and said, would you do it as multiple films? And I said, fuck yes. So I think we are going to do like four movies. Uh, to his credit, I think that'll actually help. Yeah. Because even in a four or six hour miniseries however long it actually was the TV version didn't cover everything in the book um, it, there, there were just a lot of parts left out and the thing about and I think my dad actually probably talked about this when he was on the show the thing about Stephen King is he goes into so much detail to really like immerse you in a situation like really detail out what a character looks like, what the environment looks like, things of that nature. And there's so much of that that you have to translate to film, and to do it in, like I said, a four- or six-hour miniseries, it just can't do it justice. I mean, The Stand kicked ass. It was really good, especially for its time. But I think giving it four, assumingly, feature-length films, there's no doubt that they will cover everything. Yeah. And maybe even make up some shit. I don't know. Well, well clearly. they've already got a new character, so. 
Um, Boone was also quoted as saying, I loved my script, but I was willing to drop it in an instant because you're able to do an even truer version this way. I can't tell you anything about how we're going to do them or what's going to be in which movie. I'll just say we are going to do four movies and we're going to do the stand at the highest level you can do it at with a cast that's going to blow people's minds. We've already been talking to lots of people and have people on board in certain roles that people don't know about. We're looking to go into production next year, maybe in the spring. One of those names that's being rumored, again, rumored, don't go around saying, well, Grandpa Podcast said, <laughs> rumored. I don't think anybody's going to say that. <laughs> is Matthew McConaughey. In that wild. All right, all right, all right, all right. You know, I was driving Buicks before they paid me to. <laughs> uh, he's, he's rumored to be being sought after to play the story's villain, Randall Flagg. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, so it sounds like they're going to they're, they're rewrite it. Yeah. I mean, seemingly I, they would have to. I imagine they'll probably take the script they have and just splay it out. Take, yeah. Take events and then kind of fill in the gaps. Yeah, most likely. Yeah. Um, yeah, and just so you, in case you live in another universe and you're not familiar with The Stand, uh, basically it's the story of just an all-out world-ending disease that leaves two factions left in the world. Uh, two what? Factions. <laughs> I said two fat chicks. <laughs> Uh, one siding with uh, a uh, character. There's NWO Wolfpack and NWO Black and White. No, no wrestling analogies. <laughs> no, there's one one side that sides with the side of good, kind of the side of God, essentially that um, is t- that takes form in the character of Mother Ab- Abigail. The other side that takes that. F- Characterizes sin and evil and Satan, essentially, led by obviously Randall Flagg. I don't the Jets know. versus the Sharks. Sure. <laughs> Except there's no Maria. Stop it. I don't know if, if McConaughey is the right person to play Flagg. I think he needs somebody a little more sinister. Wasn't it Rob Lowe in the miniseries? No. Um, shit, I don't remember his name. He was in. Rob Lowe was in it, though, right? Yes, he was. He played a deaf mute. That's a pretty good role for him. <laughs> have you have you seen those uh, dish commercials with him? Yeah, <laughs> they're pretty good. I have arm hair curtains. <laughs> I like the one with uh, uh, with like tragically awkward Rob Lowe. Pain, painfully awkward. Yeah, painful. <laughs> I hope it's not a guy or, or a girl. <laughs> or no, the other way around. I hope it's not a girl or a guy. Because a guy would rape him. <laughs> That's what he's scared of. That's awkward. It is awkward. Painfully awkward. Jamie Sheridan. I don't know who that is. That's the guy who played Randall Flagg. Oh, okay. Now I know who it is. Come on. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> he had a giant fucking mullet. <laughs> um, oh, okay. <laughs> I know you don't watch Arrow, but for those of you that do, he's the guy that actually played Robert Queen in like the first three episodes or whatever. So. Totally. You're a prick. Fuck off. 
I'm trying to help our listeners, dick. You're trying to help our listeners, dick? <laughs> I hate you so goddamn much. <sighs> anyway. So, yeah, I don't have high hopes for this, but we'll see. I'll probably see it either way. So when's the first one supposed to come out? 2016? Um, I think you'd have, probably have to presume as much. I imagine they'll probably pull a Lord of the Rings and just film them back to back. That would make sense, yeah. Especially if you got kids involved. Yeah, true. Anyway. Anyway. Let's press on. I know it was a very lofty hope, <laughs> but I was really hoping that we could be the ones to break this story. <laughs> uh, but then I saw that somebody else already did it. Anyway. Well, I mean, he kind of broke it himself. Well, true, but yeah, it wasn't really covered. Like, as soon as I heard it, I tried to look it up. I couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah. So I'm like, oh my God, it's breaking news. <laughs> um it's hard to have breaking news when you only record tw- uh, once every two weeks. It's true. That's why I said it was like kind of a, a, a pipe dream a little bit. Anyway, um, so Adam Green, as we discussed before, uh, was slated to direct uh, the Exorcism on Crooked Lake. Later renamed to just Crooked Lake. Was it? Yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure. Um, but that is, has now changed. <laughs> He announced on the Movie Crypt podcast, which, of course, is the podcast that we've discussed multiple times before. He hosts it with Joe Lynch. Um, he announced that he is no longer directing that movie. Um, By the way, jumping off for a second, did you see that the Holliston episode is going to air next month? Next month? I, I think know. I think it's the 16th or something. Sweet. Um, on the on the Movie Crit podcast, he actually said that he dodged a bullet and he's happy about it. So clearly something went pretty awry. Yeah, he also said that he is unsure if the movie is going to get made at all now. I, I gotta wonder what the hell happened. I, I really don't know. Maybe a financier backed out or... It, that has to be it, I, I would think. I mean, anything else, it seems like they'd find some kind of workaround. Right. I mean, if it was him, you'd, you'd probably would have heard about it. I mean, if they, if they just fired him or something. Right. You would think he would just lash out. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, I mean, it's kind of a bummer. I mean, I'd like to see him direct more things since it seems like it's been a while. Uh, has he done anything since Hatchet 3? He didn't do Hatchet 3. That's right. Has he done anything since Hatchet 2? Uh, pfft, nothing comes to mind. I mean, aside from Holliston. Yeah. I mean, I know right now he's acting in a movie. Or a series. I'm not sure if it's a movie or a series. Is he? Yeah, it's called Tales of Halloween or something like that. Yeah. He plays a cop? <laughs> well, all right. Uh, yeah, so I, like like I said, I, don't, I can't think of anything he's directed as of late. So Digging up the marrow. Ah, yes, which has not been released yet, and we still don't know when it will be. <laughs> right, but it did get acquired, so... Yeah. Uh, should be coming. Right. Anyway, so... Yeah, Tales of Halloween. (laughs) 
All right. Well, uh, yeah, so that's a bummer. Um, hopefully he gets on board with something soon. Hopefully it's Holliston. That'd be nice. It would be nice. Anyway, so I think that's all on that story. <laughs> oh, hear my warning. Never turn your back on the ripoff. We'll soon shake with fear. So, the uh, franchise, I guess, from hell, is now being made into a television series, as they all do. You may remember the movie starring Johnny Depp. I do. Okay. For those of you that don't, from hell is the story of Jack the River. 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 (laughs) He He, uh, murders and... Takes your rib, and he's he's ribbed for your pleasure. <laughs> Jack the Ripper, like a prophylactic. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> From Hell is the story of Jack the Ripper, perhaps the most infamous man in the annals of murder. You know, you wanted to say annals. I wanted to, <laughs> <laughs> but that's after saying ribbed for your pleasure, it just didn't. Um, uh, in the annals of murder. Detailing the events leading up to the Whitechapel killings and the cover-up that followed from hell is a meditation on the mind of a madman whose savagery and violence gave birth to the 20th century. The serialized story presented in its entirety is in this volume has garnered widespread attention from critics and scholars, often regarded as one of the most significant graphic novels ever published. From Hell combines meticulous research with educated speculation, resulting in a masterpiece of historical fiction both compelling and terrifying. I did not know that From Hell was a... Graphic novel. Nor did I. So that's something that we've learned. Right. So yeah, the series is being adapted from that original source material and not the Johnny Depp movie. Right. However, the series will be produced by Don Murphy, who was a producer on the Johnny Depp movie. Mm. Uh, Which that was Tim Burton directed, was it not? I don't think so. I mean, if he did, it wasn't, it was very outside. I'm thinking of Sleepy Hollow. Ah, he did direct that. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, you know the movie from the the movie from Hell. They actually find and capture Jack the Ripper. I don't know if that happens in the graphic novel series or just the graphic novel. 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 Uh, I don't know. Written if that, by Alan Moore and Eddie Campbell. Alan Moore. That name sounds familiar. So does Eddie Campbell. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I don't know if that actually happens in the graphic novel itself, but now that we know who Jack the Ripper actually was, yeah, it kind of takes away some of the. And I think we actually talked about us. that, like when when we covered that story. I think we actually talked about how it might it kind of takes the mystique out of the uh, out of the, the legend. Yeah. yeah. So I wonder what they're gonna do with that. Um, well, I mean, this is going to be. A period piece, so that's at the time they're not going to know who it was. Fair enough. Um, and they never actually captured anyone. I think there are people that were like arrested and questioned, but they don't. I don't think they ever actually prosecuted anyone. For I don't think murders. so. I mean, I obviously wasn't there, but sure. Because uh, you, you never been to England, right? That's why. <laughs> not that old fucker. <laughs> 
So this is kind of spurring off the success of The Strain, I think, uh, in like kind of the horror realm. Yeah. And this is coming to FX. Right. Which, which is, is where The Strain is. Hey, you put it together. <laughs> we hadn't said the FX thing yet. That's... Oh, we hadn't? No. Oh, my bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's going to be on FX. Did you say it's written by David Arata? I did not yet. Well, there you go. That's who's writing it. Uh, well, good for him. <laughs> Glad to see him working. Yeah. It's always nice to see a good boy get a job. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, so no word on when this was actually going to premiere. Maybe spring, depending on when they start it. Maybe. But Who we'll knows? See. We'll see. We'll see. Sit down. Let me talk to you, kids. I'm going to tell you what a story. It might get a little gory, but I promise you that it will not be boring. And you get back at night, there's really monsters. I'm telling you this because I've really seen them. They're scary and hairy and eat up the kids with big old teeth. And so you better be ready to run with the evil and All right, so I am d- just excited to see an update on this story. But then I'm extra excited about the update on this story. <laughs> um, a long time ago, we, we told you that scary stories to, to tell in the dark was being adapted into a movie. Which is fucking exciting on its own right. It has received a new writer. Uh, a guy by the name of John August, who you may know from the movies Big Fish or Frankenweenie. Yep. Yep. Um, and those two movies have a common tie in that they were both directed by Tim Burton. Now you're speculating. I am speculating. But John August and Tim Burton do work together quite often. And so it's possible that Tim Burton could be brought in to direct this movie. Which, I think it could be a good thing. It could be. I just don't want to see that over-the-top Tim Burton look. That fits so perfectly, though. I, 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 I think of something more like, like Sleepy Hollow, or um, maybe Edward Scissorhands to an extent. Just something that's not just blatant in your face Tim Burton you know I get what you're saying yeah stylized but not over the top right yeah uh, I think that would work a lot better personally but again speculation. speculating yeah the only real news at this point is that John August has been assigned as the new writer um, I don't know who the original writers were Alvin Schwartz and he wrote the books oh I thought that's what he meant oh no I meant the original writers of the script ah I don't know. I don't either. But they don't matter now. Yeah, it's not important. Um, it's being brought to you by CBS Films. Yep. Um, and this is going to be an actual theatrical release, right? Uh, as far as I know. I mean, John August, he's written some big-name movies, so I imagine that they're they're going big with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you said, these are going to be based on the original books by Albert, Alvin Schwartz, uh, covering stories from Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, more scary stories to tell in the dark, and scary stories three. More tales to chill your bones. Um, now, have we talked about like the what kind of style this movie's gonna be shot in? Mm-mm. So, I mean, you have to assume it's gonna be like an anthology. Oh, we did kind of um, 
speculate on that when we first reported it. Okay. Uh, I mean, I feel like that's the only way that's really going to work. Um, but it would be cool to see some kind of like overlapping kind of yeah. like what? The original writers were Marcus Dunstan and Patrick Melton, um, who wrote Saw 4 through 7 and the collection. Maybe they were a little too gruesome. <laughs> Isn't Marcus Dunstan, Adam Green, how are you? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, oh, now I'm kind of sad that they're not involved anymore. Well, like I said, I mean, these are children's stories, so I mean... Maybe they were just taking it a little too far. <laughs> um, and, you know, obviously John August is more, you know, with Tim Burton, he's more child-oriented. Yeah. So that that's just my thought. Anyway, um, but as I was saying, it'd be nice. Of course, it's going to probably have to be an anthology, but it would be nice to see that kind of anthology or overlaps like Trick or Treat. Yeah. Okay. I wonder if, if Dunstan and uh, Melton actually like turned in a script or if they were just signed on and then the producer decided to go a different direction. Don't know. Uh, I, I guess I could kind of see it either way. Or I could see it going either way. Hey, I just found a, a quote from John August. Hey. While this book is for children, the horror movie that we're making out of it, I think hopefully captures how scary those books were when you were a kid, but is not strictly a kid's movie. In fact, you should not take certain younger kids for this movie. I can't actually take the art into the house because if my daughter saw it, we would have nightmares. <laughs> we're aiming for a PG-13, the same way that I loved Poltergeist and The Ring, movies that aren't gory, but man, they can freak the bejesus out of you. I could dig that. Assuming it actually happens. <clears throat> that way, I mean. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll play it by ear and see how this uh, turns out and give you more more updates as we receive them. So there. It's a great anthology of all of the stories you remember being creeped out by as a kid. I'm not supposed to spoil how we're going to do it, but I think it's going to be very interesting and innovative. Well, there you go. There you go. It's an anthology. Bitch it. Nailed it. High-fiving is awesome. <laughs> go ahead. I know you're excited about this one. Am I? I don't have a game show network. Um, we don't have any networks, but it doesn't stop us from watching things. <laughs> so, game show network seems to be getting on the horror bandwagon. Just horror everywhere. Yeah, horror up your ass. Uh, every network. Next thing you know, ABC Family is going to come out with fucking zombie blood rain 12. <laughs> <laughs> they are <A> series. <laughs> developing a new game show named... Elevator. Hella. <laughs> um, it is being produced by Jason Blum, a.k.a. Tommy Blum. <laughs> uh, and his Blumhouse Productions. Um, uh, Senior VP of Game Show Network, David Schiff, 
uh, said in a press release, as part of GSN's aggressive or original programming initiative that continues to broaden the definition of television game shows. The network is partnering with some of the industry's most creative, scripted, and unscripted producers, including Emmy winner Jason Blum, CEO of Blumhouse Productions, as he forays into the game show television. GSN has taken some big swings in develop over, de- development over the past year, pushing our brand into new, into exciting new areas while still maintaining our leadership position in the traditional game show net genre. The push is paying off, both in the diversity of projects and that we're working on. And God damn it! Derp, 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 derp. Reading is hard. <laughs> that push is paying off both in the diversity of projects that we're working on and in the increased amount of breakout original programming. So, uh, Elevator itself, such a dumb name. <laughs> <laughs> it's a horror themed game show featuring contestants entering a dark, mysterious warehouse via an ominous looking elevator, dubbed the Elevator, probably. Hella. Elevator. <laughs> it's Elevator. Ish. Uh, where they will compete in a series of scary, suspenseful, and emotionally exhausting challenges. Only the survivors will make it out as winners. So they will kill people on TV, like the movie Slashers. That's kind of what they make it sound like. Uh, I mean, you know, there's he's talking about you know having these emotionally exhausting challenges. What if somebody just has a fucking mental break? <laughs> He just starts actually killing the other contestants. It's just somebody that just, like, screams horrible things in your face. <laughs> like a bad haunted house? <laughs> no, but, like, emotional things, like about your childhood. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just like, your mother never wanted you. <laughs> You're the reason your mother left. <laughs> I didn't start drinking until you were born. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> Just really deep cut to the bone shit. Yeah. Anyway, um, Elevator is being produced by Matador and Blumhouse Productions in association with Lionsgate Television. Matador's Jay Peterson and Todd Lub- Lubin. 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 Lubin up. L- Lubin that ass. Uh, executive, our two executive produce. Blumhouse Productions, Jason Blum. Uh is also executive producer as we said um kind of honest as a side note they are also developing a a new show called steampunked with ashton kutcher right uh where he plays steam jokes on celebrities yep <laughs> he just has like a steam gun and he just jumps out and just blasts him in the face you've been steampunked <laughs> oh my face it's <laughs> melting um I didn't. I didn't write out the description here, but from what I remember reading, it sounds a lot like Face Off almost, except that these people have to create like steampunk, steampunk stuff. Yeah, outfits stuff. and whatnot. Yeah. Um, for those who don't know, steampunk is like it's Wild Wild West. Mm-hmm. It's Wild Wild West. The movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically, you take these like Victorian era. Styles and, and shit like that, and you combine it with futuristic futures. inventions and yeah, um, it's really weird. It's some of, some of it's kind of interesting looking. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so that's anyways happening. Elevator, 
is going to be hella something. Hella awesome. It's either going to be hella awesome or hella stupid. It's going to be hella shitty. <laughs> I like the idea of a, of a horror-themed game show, yeah. but this is not it. You know, if this is like a horror, like an adult horror-themed Legends of the Hidden Temple, then I'm all for it. If it's an adult version of Secrets of the Crypt Keeper's Castle. But that was all shot on a green screen. But it was awesome. Yeah, when I was like five. Or no, I'm not that young, but like ten. It was basically... That basically was a horror version of Tales of the... Legends of the... (laughs) Stick with it. The Hidden Temple Show. (laughs) No, it wasn't. Did you even watch Legends of Hidden Temple? Of course I watched Legends of Hidden Temple. (laughs) Yep. There's nothing like it. Don't be stupid. All right, well, <laughs> I don't know. We'll give this a shot. We'll see how it is. If it's good, we'll watch it more. If not, we'll burn the place to the ground. Yeah, sure. What place? Huh? What place? <laughs> <laughs> So Michael Doherty, the man behind the greatest Halloween movie of all time, is now... Trick or treat. No. With Alice Cooper treat. and Gene Simmons. Wrong. <laughs> Trick or treat with Anna Paquin and Quinn Lord. Satan's little helper. Best Halloween movie ever. <laughs> Fuck that movie. <laughs> um, he's... Foraying into Christmas now, just taking over all the holidays. Hey, Christmas! With a movie called Krampus, which we have discussed on the show before. Yeah, he has started casting, namely Allison Tolman, who is from the FX program Fargo, and MJ Anthony, who is a young actor who played John Favreau's son in the movie Chef. They are going to play a mother and son. Who are fighting Krampus. How does one fight a demon? Um, very carefully. Fair enough. <clears throat> the project is a twisted horror comedy centering around a Santa Claus-like ancient entity who punished the bad kids. Dolman and Anthony will play a mother and son in a family that is under the demon's attack. Anthony's character is essentially the lead of the movie, as his is the one that has to step up to save the day. That doesn't make any sense. Oh, fuck that. God damn it. Why, you don't like the little kid being the hero? No, I hate that. Because then it turns into a kid's movie. It's bullshit. Legendary Pictures is behind the movie, which Universal will release just in time for next year's holidays on December 4th, 2015. The best news about this is that they will finish this movie and finally start on Trick or Treat 2. Hey! Hopefully. No, they fucking better. I will burn the place down. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, fuck that shit, man. The kid... God damn it. All right. Whatever. I was pretty excited for this until that. That's why I don't like kids in horror movies. Unless they're being creepy. I don't even like that. Because then it's just a creepy kid. It's like, fuck off, creepy kid. <laughs> 
So Tony hates children is the point. In my horror movies, yeah. They have no business. <laughs> All right. Uh, being directed by Mike Doherty. Being written by Mike Doherty, Todd Casey, and Zach Shields. December 4th, 2015. Krampus. of this episode. I know it's been a long time coming. Of our Thanksgiving special. Right. Um, there is going to be a Christmas-themed haunted house. Now, that's I'm a new I'm listening. One. <laughs> um, now, you may say that haunted houses are for Halloween. Haunted houses are for Halloween, Tony. But I say, why? I say, nay! <laughs> I... Th- Really, why? I mean, it's not like haunted houses are Halloween-themed. They're horror-themed. Yeah. And horror is for everyone all year long. Horror is for all the times. Yeah. So why not a Christmas horror or haunted house? I say. <laughs> um, Huzzah! It's going, is it going to be called Chamber of Horrors? Uh, it's the, uh, the haunted house is called Chamber of Horrors. This particular theme is called A Very Scary Christmas. Got it. Okay, this I believe is... Chamber of Horrors is a year-round haunted house. Oh, interesting. Um, okay, well, uh, is it is located in Hoppage? Uh, sure. Long Island? Long Island. New York. Um, so it's going to be drawing inspiration from uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Good movie. I haven't seen it. Wait. Is that? No, that's the original. I have seen that. One from the 80s. Yeah. I have seen that. Um, it's one of those just ridiculous 80s horror movies. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, it's going to be open on December 5th, 6th, 12th, and 13th. So if you are in the greater Long Island area, <laughs> then um, maybe you want to go check this out. The website is Chamber of Horror... New- or Cherry... Yeah. Chamber of Horrors NY dot com slash very hyphen scary hyphen Xmas dot HTML. That's the website. It's going to be in our show notes, right, Taylor? Yep. Yep. Um, Paging Jason Buffer. Jason Buffer to the white courtesy phone. <laughs> we don't have a courtesy phone. Fuck. Um, anyway, so yeah, any of you people from New York, go check it out. Tell us about it. Uh, it's opening soon. Yep. That's going to do for our business. That's it. So, I guess let's just move along. Moving right along. Doon, dooka, doon, dooka, doon. And get into... Footloose and fancy free. Getting there is half the fun. Come share it with me. Moving right along. I'll sing the whole song if you're just going to sit there and type. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> to the reviews. Alright, so you want to just start with yours? Okay. Why? I kind of want to get yours out of the way. (laughs) Okay, we can do that. So, my choice, for some fucking reason, (laughs) was Thanks Killing 3.
Hank's killing too has been destroyed. Only one copy remains, and Turkey will stop at nothing to get it. So the movie opens on a titty. <laughs> yeah, much like... I mean, you guys might remember our last Thanksgiving special where we covered the original Thanksgiving. And you may be saying, uh, what happened to Thanksgiving 2? Um, there wasn't one, for all intents and purposes. Well, there was. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't get this movie. It didn't make any sense. Uh, that's, yeah, that's an understatement. The storyline, like the way it held together was... It held together? <laughs> it was tenuous, to say the best. It was dumb. Uh, and those of you that have seen Thanks Killing, maybe like, well, Thanks Killing sucked, and you guys seem to like it to an extent. Uh... And I say this was a whole different monster. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, so basically this opens up, was it something like five years after the original? Did it actually say? I think. I don't know. It was years after the original took place. Okay. Um, and... Turkey, at some point, filmed Thanksgiving 2, which was garnered as the worst movie ever made, which I can fully believe. Um, it took place in space. Yes. And Turkey flew a spaceship that looked like a giant baster. Yep. Um, the tagline was, in space, no one can hear you based. Right. And much like the original, this movie instantly opens up on a tit. One lone tit. Yeah. From an astronaut wearing a oddly cut spacesuit. Yeah. Played by an actress named Wanda Lust. I, I wonder, have to assume that's not her real name. Yeah, I wonder and what she's her some sort is. of adult entertainer. Right. Of course, last time we said that, we got in trouble because they weren't. We got in trouble. We didn't get in, well. I mean, we got in trouble in our own realm. Uh, God, how do I even explain this fucking movie? Well, don't forget about Pilot, the co-star of Thanks Killing Two. He was a pumpkin pie. Oh right. 
His name was Pi Let. Right. Oh, God. <laughs> this. Okay, start off with while Thanksgiving was, what, barely an hour long? Yeah. This was a full-length movie. This is like a full hour and a half. One hour, 39 minutes. Yeah. Uh, and it was so... Hard. Let's just let's get through the so painful to sit through. <laughs> let's get through the plot here. What what, what was the plot? Okay, okay. Well, so think- a girl named she. There's a puppet named Yomi. Um, she's lost her mind, and she's naked. literally yeah. Her mind literally left her. Somehow she's still functioning, right? But and her left. mind looks like a uterus with. Ovarian tubes coming out of it, or something. Something. It just—it's like a pink blob with tubes coming out of it. Yeah. If you showed me an image of that brain puppet thing, uh, and you said, "What is this?" I don't think brain would be anywhere on my list. And what if I said it's a body part? Would your first thought not go to ovarian tubes? I don't know. <laughs> that was the first thing I thought of when I saw it. That's what it looked like to me. But it like had a mouth. I'd probably say it was like. A kidney or something. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, yeah, she's searching for her mind. And she teams up with Uncle Donnie, who is the inventor of the Pluckmaster 3000, um, which is a machine that plucks, stuffs, and cooks a turkey. In 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Um, he's Flacking. <laughs> um, he's also trying to develop a Thanksgiving-themed amusement park named Thanksgiving Land. Yep. And he finds Yomi in a dumpster. Talking to Greg Garbage. Right. God. Does any of this make sense yet? Um, And she convinces him to help her find her mind or yeah her mind yeah um they go and meet jefferson who is uncle donnie's business, business partner, partner. Guess, yeah. he's <laughs> uh, the head of security for thanksgiving land right um not to, like can't go without mentioning that uncle donnie and jefferson both wear colonial garb uh along with powdered wigs yep and then there's Flois. Yeah, uh, Jefferson. Jefferson's grandmother. Who Flois is, is a, a puppet. And, and she is a rapping grandma. Yeah, she's essentially a Swedish chef-style puppet in that she has real hands but a puppet head. Mm-hmm. And she looks like vomit. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty accurate, yeah. It's just very strangely gross puppet like latex puppet thing anyway and she's very dirty mouthed she is very, very foul mouthed so meanwhile so, yeah turkey thanks every copy of thanks killing 2 has been destroyed because it is the worst movie ever made yeah except for one and turkey has to find it to save his life or something I don't know, aside from him just wanting to save the movie, I don't know why he's so 
adamant about fighting. I mean, he says, my life depends on this. But why? I don't know. <laughs> so he kills his wife. Chops her in half. Yeah, because apparently he has blade feathers apparently. in his wing. And then he takes his son with him because his son wants to learn to be evil. Yeah. And his son looks like this shitty little Thanksgiving decoration or something. Just look, he almost looks like a like a tennis ball decorated with feathers or something. Yeah. Uh, so Turkey is out to find the last remaining copy of Thanks Killing 2. Which Nomi is in or Yomi. Yomi. Not that Nomi's any better. Um, she is in possession of because it happened to be in this dumpster that she's in. Uh, uh, I, I don't really remember how they ended up finding out where it was but it was something stupid um and then at some point there's the wise turkey um god this is the most disconnected review we've ever given this is the most disconnected fucking movie it's true this movie is from 2012 but it's I'm not concerned about spoilers because it's that fucking bad yeah, I don't rec- I can already tell you I don't recommend anybody ever see this ever. Um but it's not even it's not even bad to where it's funny like the first one. Right. This is just bad. <laughs> it's not funny at all even for how shitty it is. Yeah. Um Oh, we forgot about Ronda Worm and Muff who mm-hmm. are apparently in charge of destroying the copies of Thanks Killing 2. Yeah. For some reason. Muff is a robot. Right. With a Mega Man hand cannon. Yeah. Uh, and Rhonda is a... Worm. Worm with, with a mustache. A, with a, yeah, like a little like Frenchman mustache. And a shitty and a comb over. Comb over, yeah. Um... <laughs> And then, so Turkey finally confronts Uncle Donnie, and there's a weird psychedelic fight scene. Uh, Turkey gets thrown in the Pluck Master. Somehow survives. Somehow survives, because he's Turkey. Right. Um, Then his his Skeleturkeys put him back together. And then there's a nice little Evil Dead reference. What? What? With the chainsaw? Oh, right. Okay, yeah, yeah. That that was... Uh, yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. And I like how he looks at the camera and goes, Gravy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically, Turkey what, gets his dick cut off and replaces it with a chainsaw. Yeah. So there's that. That happened. And then he uses that to kill Flois. Right. Um, um, the the music in this is really like psychedelic and like electronic and dubstep. And yeah, it's very. It's like yeah, it's just dubstep. Shit. It's fucking weird. 
Uh-huh. One thing that can be said about this was the production value was leaps and bounds better than the original. This is true. Um, I'm reading here that while the original had a budget of 3500 um, the sequel had... <laughs> get this. Somebody gave this asshole $100,000 to make this movie. Shit. Um, yeah. Um, fuck, I don't even remember how the movie ends. Um, they open up some portal in Muff's ass. Oh, that's right. Um, and, yeah. And then they throw a turkey in it. And and thanks killing too, and Yomi flies into it too. Yeah. Oh, uh, right. And we skipped over the whole part about Turkey Hell, though. I don't even know what to say about that. And Blarth. <laughs> if Frank, I had Frank to, and Turkey. if I had to pick a favorite character, it would be Blarth. It's not Blarth. I like when he busts out of the wall. And he's like, "Oh, I'm breaking through the wall now, Blarth!" Oh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and at some point, um, Nibla, Turkey's son, gets killed. Or no, he drops, or Turkey drops Nibla from a seagull that they're riding on because turkeys can't fly. Uh, drops him, you know, probably several hundred feet to the ground and he turns into a pile of mush. And then Turkey turns him into the copy of Thanksgiving 2. Yeah, how did that happen? I I don't know. Don't don't ask me how anything <laughs> happened because I don't know. <laughs> um yeah, fuck this movie. This is probably the shortest review I'm ever going to give. But I really have nothing else to say. This movie is a bunch of fucking nonsense and um it's disjointed and none of it makes any sense and none of it is interesting it doesn't have the I mean like obviously this one's supposed to be stupid but it's just stupid for the sake of being stupid whereas the first one had like homages I guess to horror where you still had that whole puppets dancing around and weird music and lots of dick and asshole jokes yeah yeah uh like when they're trying to open the portal in Muff's ass and into Muff's ass. Yeah. And just loosens it up. Just the, yeah. <sighs> Did you, by any chance, watch through the credits? No. <laughs> Did you... Okay, so you... you When I asked you if you'd watched it, you said you watched, like, half of it or something. Right. So you did, you did finish it. Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't have blamed you if you hadn't. <laughs> <clears throat> it was painful to do. I didn't want to, but... Yeah, there were multiple times... I lost count how many times I was like, you know what? I'm going to turn this off. And I've never done that. I've watched every movie that we reviewed all the way through, no matter how bad it was. But I almost... This is the worst movie I have ever seen. Yes. Uh, I fully agree. Um, You know, like Plan 9 from Outer Space, I'm disagreeing. This is the new one. This replaces Plan 9. I, I just can't see any reason for this movie. No. It's it's painful to watch while you're watching it. It has no watchabil- rewatchability. It 
there there's nothing redeeming about it it's even the jokes aren't funny no and it is the thing it just doesn't make any sense there's nothing about it that makes a single bit of sense i mean you've got like five make sense but you put all those scenes together and it doesn't make sense yeah it's you know maybe he'll take that as a compliment maybe that was the point was maybe he wanted to make just the worst movie ever the first one had its had charm Hmm? the first one had charm uh yeah i guess you could call it that (laughs) this one had nothing no um so i mean i'm gonna give it a one only because that's where our scale starts and i can't give it a zero right Uh so yeah if i mean the the first one is is worth a watch you know for for thanksgiving or whatever but this one just just stay away yeah if you can laugh at dumb movies then the first one is probably perfect for you just i mean you're not gonna like it you're just gonna think it's kind of funny because it's so stupid this one you're gonna hate because it's so stupid (laughs) yeah it's a different kind of stupid so a stupid kind of stupid stupid all right so with that out of the way um let's go ahead and move on to my pick which is the 1981 slasher flick, Home Sweet Home. It's 7 a.m. in Los Angeles, and our top story continues to be the intensive police dragnet for an armed and dangerous escaped mental patient. 26-year-old Jay Jones escaped from the Hobart State Hospital for the criminally insane last night after killing an attendant leaving a guard in critical condition. Jones was committed to Hobart eight years ago after a lengthy and well-publicized trial following the bludgeoning death of both of his parents. We talked with a state police department spokesman shortly after Jones' escape last night. He's extremely dangerous, probably armed. He could be on PCP. Jones is Caucasian, 63, 220 pounds with curly brown hair. Okay, so Home Sweet Home is about this group of people who, as far as I could tell, they never really established how they knew each other. A family of some sort, I gathered. Um, and they're, they're, you know, it's it's in the synopsis of the movie, but they never explain it in the movie that they're having a Thanksgiving get-together. Right. The only allusion to Thanksgiving at all is that they have a ta- big table laid out, and then they bring out a turkey. Right. They have, like, the, the big, you know, family feast. But uh, what's the main guy? Scott and his girlfriend. It it looks like it's 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 like a ranch house or something. Yeah, but then it's got like different apartments. It almost seemed like it was like a hotel or something or yeah. a, a motel. Yeah, in California. But the cops in the movie were LAPD and. Well, oh, were they? Yeah, while I haven't been. 
everywhere in LA. I'm pretty certain that there's nowhere that looks like that in LA County. <laughs> anyway, interesting. Well, while they're preparing for their Thanksgiving feast, uh, unbeknownst to them, a um, escaped mental patient is on the loose. Played by Jake Steinfeld. <laughs> A.K.A. Body by Jake. <laughs> so, A.K.A. Big Brother Jake. <laughs> so he, he's a, a big guy. <laughs> well, he's got that Body by Jake. Uferigno. That's who I thought it was right away, but then uh, after I got a better look at his face, I recognized him. And he uh, <clears throat> he's this escape mental patient, but he can drive a car, which just makes me think of the Halloween driving school. Hands at 10 and 2. <laughs> Um, and he steals the station wagon and he's driving that around. And, uh, I mean, it's typical slasher. He just starts picking them off one by one. Um, he, let's see, he, he has a knife, but I, I feel like he doesn't use the knife that much. Um, not the first guy really. he kills, he strangles him. Yeah. Just with his bare hands. And he laughs his ass off. Yeah, he's got this weird, creepy laugh. <laughs> it's like a giggle for somebody you expect from, like, half his size. Right. Yeah, he's like, it's like a child's giggle. Yeah. And then, like, he slams one guy in the car hood. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite. I, like, laughed at that one. Because, <laughs> well, like, he, the guy is trying to steal his car battery. Yeah, that was pretty good. Um Yeah, and like I said, he just starts picking people off, and then uh, yeah. there's <laughs> there's this kid whose name is Mistake. What the fuck was with that guy? What an odd character to write. He his face is painted white. Um, he, he was eyeliner. Yeah, he looked more like a mime than <laughs> yeah, you know, Kiss Army. Uh, but he did have a guitar what? that he just played all the time. Yeah. I'd probably kick the shit out of him just for that. And he had an amp that he wore on a backpack. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, and his name is fucking Mistake. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, his brother, who was Brad... His name Brad... Oh, it was Harold. Harold Bradley was... His brother, I believe. I thought it was his dad. I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Angel, the little girl, was in the remake of Hills Have Eyes. Yeah, but, uh, Vanessa Shaw. Yeah. She's uh, she's been in a handful of stuff. <clears throat> yeah. Um. God, this. Is... What. Strange movie. Yeah. I wasn't really sure what to think about it. <laughs> um, the characters, I mean, they weren't great actors, which probably didn't help. Right. But the characters themselves, like you said, the, the, the link between them all wasn't covered very well. And you just didn't know who these people were to each other. And like, like, I don't think they even really said even names all that often not really i mean and I'm they sh- kept calling the the one guy bradley 
But that was his last name. His last name, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, I. Yeah, the acting is not great. Or even particularly good <laughs> at, at points. Um, this movie is very, very dated. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, there wasn't, not there weren't a lot of effects of any kind, really. Yeah, um, I mean, some squibs and some throat slashes and stuff, but even those like don't really hold up all that well. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to find a budget for it, but I don't see anything. I can't imagine it was very much. Um, yeah, I obviously didn't see this movie in 1981, but it does not stand the test of time. Um, yeah. I feel like this movie, like the, the concept wasn't all that worked out like like it's almost like they just had an idea and just kind of made it up as long as they went along, because <laughs> I mean, like the the killer, um, do they? I mean, he has a name, Jay Jones, but do they even actually say that in the movie? Wait, he had a name? Apparently, in the credits it says killer. Hmm. Actually, yeah, you're right. But yeah, I mean, everything I'm looking at online. Well, no, I guess not everything. Well, IMDb just says killer. You're right. It does. You know, uh, Wikipedia says Jay Jones. I don't know. Apparently he had a name, but it was not said at any point. Um, yeah, that, that character. About him other than that he was an escaped mental patient. Yeah. And even that was almost glazed over. It was like, that was just like a news blurb on the radio. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, you know, could have theoretically been about someone else, but. And I liked it that he had the name of the movie tattooed on his hand. <laughs> gives you the impression that maybe he's like escaped he's an escaped mental patient and now he's going back to his like childhood home or something and there's another family that lives there just judging by the title and knowing that it's like and I think that would have been better <laughs> yeah there was actually two movies that came out in, in 2013 called Home Sweet Home and both of them were basically uh, similar to Torment, where the people like go back to their childhood home, and someone is living there, and they fight them. Mm. So, there hasn't been a remake of this. No, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it makes you wonder: like, is this one of those movies that was to say? It's just yeah. I'm like escape mental patient goes to this uh, house and then just kills people, and that's basically it. There's nothing really else to say there's not any interesting kills really yeah i'm having trouble like coming up with things to say right now and just, i mean this is i guess another really short review because i i don't think i have anything else to say yeah um did, did you think angel was weird at any at any point i thought that she was you know when you cast a kid even somebody that young they have some kind of experience in acting and i don't think she did but, like, there's one point where the killer 
it's like a first person and you see the killer and it, it looks like he's entering the house and Angel is standing on the table with a knife and he just walks right pegs under the table and you think that she's dead but then they lift up the tablecloth and she's sitting there mm-hmm. and it was just like these weird things with her. I don't know it was just this weird vibe that I got and then it just felt like it was never explained but clearly I was reading more into it than was actually there probably if you're reading into it at all that's probably the case <laughs> um, yeah I'm looking and that actually was her first role so she, I mean for her to not be a very good child actress in that was not surprising yeah um. stinger at the end <laughs> He opens his eyes. He yeah. took like what three shotgun blasts in the well, gut. One one pistol, two shotgun. Okay, yeah, uh, and a knife in the back as well. Oh yeah, he ran around with that knife in his back for like a good fifteen or twenty minutes. Runs out after Jennifer, and he's like giggling, and he he's just grabbing her under the arm and throwing her repeatedly. Yeah. And as he's doing that, you can see the knife sticking out of his back still. Well, what I'm saying is that, like, at the end when he's, you know, he's taking the shotgun blast and he's presumably dead, he's laying flat on his back, so... Well, yeah, if he fell backwards, you would think it would have pushed... further in, yeah. Right? Or bent or something. And it was right in his spine, so one would think he wouldn't be walking, at least. One would think. Anyway. Uh, like, you know, he's a mental patient, so he's got that super strength. Yeah. Set that body by Jake, or what can I say? <laughs> um, anything else? Um, I mean, the, at the end, when he opened his eyes, I was very eagerly anticipating Home Sweet Home 2. Oh, sure. Back home again, but that never happened. That's, that's too long. Back, back home, sweet home. Back, back, back to the hood. No, that was already done. <laughs> home sweet home too. Back to the hood. Okay, are we done? Uh, sure. All right. I kind of wished that Jay Jones. It's weird knowing he has a name now, but I wish he killer. Yeah, that that's kind of what I was imp- implying by saying that he really had nothing going on. Yeah, there wasn't much to him. I mean, I like my killers iconic. What can I say? Yeah. Even if it's not a, a franchise, I still just I like it better that way. So, um, not a great movie by any means, but it's no thanks killing three. Um, I two because it wasn't as bad as Thanks Killing Two or Three, um, but it was pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of got to use that as my gauge. The moral of the story is there are no good Thanksgiving horror movies. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, unless something comes up in the next year. Well, just this last week, I read yet another article that Eli Roth's Thanksgiving is still going to happen. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's another one of those, I'll believe it when I see it things. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, presuming, or I guess I should say, uh, unless something comes out in the next year, this might be our last official Thanksgiving 
episode. I I wouldn't be against that. <laughs> yeah, because it seems like Thanksgiving movies are not great. Yeah, it's not a popular holiday to make a horror movie about. Apparently not. Anyway, okay. Well, um, I guess that's gonna do it for us. Yeah. Um, tune in in two weeks when we will be discussing See No Evil 2 and Dead Snow out for a little while. <laughs> um, but I know See No Evil 2 has been out, and I've been waiting to watch it for this upcoming episode. So yeah, I'm so I um, finally get to watch it. You know, if you if you guys have thoughts on those, feel free to send them to us at contact at graveplotpodcast.com. Check out our website, graveplotpodcast.com. You will find links to listen to every episode we've ever posted, uh, as well as subscribe to the show and follow us on social networks. All right. Uh, only two more episodes left this year, guys. Um, so we've got one more. We've got an episode here in two weeks, and then we've got our Christmas episode, which will be our final one for the year. So um, half something. No, month. Month. Yeah. Okay. Um, until then. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. This has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all just a little dead inside. Gobble, gobble, motherfuckers. Love to eat I love you. Love to eat turkey, cause it's good. Love to eat turkey like a good boy should Cause it's turkey to eat So good Turkey for me Turkey for you Let's eat the turkey in my big brown shoe Love to eat the turkey at the table I once saw a movie with Betty Grable Eat that turkey all night long, 50 million Elvis fans can't be wrong. Turkey lurkey do and turkey lurkey dap. I eat that turkey, then I take a nap. Thanks, dude.